question of the day. If you had a theme song that played every time you entered the room, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> this is such a good question. Oh my gosh. So this is essentially like, what's your favorite song? Okay. Um, well, well kind of. But it has to re- it would represent you. Oh my goodness. Um let me think for a second. Okay. That is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having to look through my playlist. It's, it's okay. To see what song I just because really basically love. it would be you walk in a room, you walk in, you come to my house, and when I open the door, what song plays when it's you? Okay. Um, that was a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. That would probably be. Uh, really? It. I know it's so <laughs> bad. It's probably gonna be. I know it, I definitely want it to be a song by Beyonce. Okay. And it would probably be, I'm just trying to think of all the bomb Beyonce songs. It would probably, let's see, Beyonce. Ugh. It would probably be. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I did not expect this to be this hard. Uh, You're going to say yours is WAP, right? No. Ooh. But no. I just just know you're pretty vulgar, so. No. Girl, I walk walk to my mama's house, and I'm like, hey, mom. And WAP start playing? (laughs) What? How do I explain that when I go see my daddy? (laughs) WAP is just playing while I'm there? (laughs) No. Uh, I'm at work. Wop just start playing. Yeah, that would be a little bit too much. Okay, so bad. maybe, yeah, maybe mine would be "I'm Every Woman" by Shaka oh, Khan. Okay, I like that one for you. Yeah, or "I'm Every Woman" by Whitney Houston. One of those two. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I would mm-hmm. say. Um, I couldn't choose out of these two. So mine would either be Moment for Life by Nicki Minaj. That's a good one. I absolutely love that song. And that's kind of how I live my life, like, in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, or our theme song, Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison, because I just love that song. And it gives me such good vibes. And that's the type of energy I always ride around me. So if I just showed up everywhere <laughs> and Return of the Mac started playing, I'd be cool. Yeah. You know, if we this is a great question because if it wasn't a representation of me, it would be set it off by a little boozy, but that's not appropriate. But that that's is one of my all time favorite part songs. Of <laughs> part of you, it is. It is. <laughs> that was a great. That was a great question. I like that one a lot. Very entertaining. <laughs>
Welcome to episode 26 of A Thin Line Between Life and What the Fuck, the podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Desiree. I'm CK, but Des, you said every time a new song's going to come up, you're going to sing it like that man when you say the title. I, You know what? I thought about it, but I was like, you said it. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> I did. You said okay, it, and on. you have to do it over. Okay, wait. Uh, <laughs> I can't just say one number. It's hard to just do one number instead of saying like the song. <laughs> 25. 26. <laughs> yeah, she did it to herself, guys, because she said she was going to do it. So. I was going to play a clip of him saying 26, but I was like, mm, but it's okay. I might have to start being creative with how I do these intros. Yes. Okay. Well, welcome, guys. I just had to put her on the spot because she committed to that last time. And so, you know, we say we're honoring our words these days. So that's that. So, hey guys, today we're going to be talking about forgiveness. Um, forgiveness. So, yeah, we've all experienced um, betrayal of some sort, whether it was intimate relationships, friendships, parents, siblings, family, coworkers. I mean, shit, the list goes on. Um, <laughs> a lot of people have, you know, uh, betrayed us or done things that we would not do to them. And so um, I know this is something like I've I struggled with in the past, just like understanding how to forgive and how to get over things in the long run, because the type of person I am, I get over things really quick, but it's like a defense mechanism. I'm not really over them. I'm just brushing mm-hmm. them under the rug so that I move forward with my life. And so I've learned that over the last few years um, that, yeah, me just kind of like getting over things really quickly um, was a defense mechanism or fear of some sort. And so um, I'm sure there are other people who struggle with it from that standpoint or just struggle with it because, you know, it hurts and you don't necessarily know how to get through it. So we thought this would be a good time to give you guys some lessons we've learned and some things that have helped us along the way. Um, Yeah. And allowed us to forgive people. In ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's what we're talking about. I would say um, one of the biggest misconceptions is, like, I always see, and you probably see this on Instagram too, Dad, people are mm-hmm. always, like, preaching this positivity and, you know, like, um, get over things quickly. And no one really talks about, like, feel, you know, however it is that you feel, if it's pain, if it's depression, if it's anger, like, allowing you to really, like, sit with that and feel it. No mm-hmm. one promotes that. Everyone's like, oh, you know, you live and you learn. Or I forgot what that little culture is called, but that little positivity culture where everything's mm-hmm. always positive. You know, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll get over it. Po- be positive. Your life will be better when it's positive. That is not true. So the first thing I would say would be to allow yourself after any sort of betrayal, um, uh, you know, or wrongdoing, allow yourself to feel whatever it is that you feel. Allow yourself yeah. to grieve, grieve or mourn. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would say. Like, definitely have y'all's moment. Take your time. It's funny because I'm not a crier or anything like that. But when I go through something and I'm upset or whatever it is, I have this rule where I'm like, okay, you gonna, I'm going to let you have your little moment. This is my talk to myself. I'm going to let you have your little moment. 
And then you got to get going. Like, you a grown woman. Like, you can't sit like this for so long. So I have to talk to myself and remind myself, like, yeah, this is a moment. And that's it. Like, it's just a moment. So um, I'm also big on, I don't know what they call it, but someone once told me this, so I'm sharing it. Um, I'm big on thinking about problems and situations in a way where it's like, is this going to matter in five years? If not, why am I mad about it? Why am I still letting it bother me? Um, and so it's like this rule of five. If it's not going to matter in five years, why are you so upset? If it's not going to mm-hmm. change your life drastically in five years. So, um, but definitely have your moment because I feel like if you don't, it's just going to bottle up. You're going to snap on somebody else. You're going to project blame. You know, it could just go completely left. Um, but I think with sitting in it, like, just remind yourself, like I said, it is a phase. So don't get in this habit of making mourning and grieving and being sad or mad or whatever you feel the new normal because that's not where you're trying to be at permanently. It's just like have that moment and then keep it moving. Like go to the hotel, stay, do what you need to do and leave, you know? So mm-hmm. definitely have the moment though. No, yeah, definitely. The, um, the other thing I would add that I forgot to say earlier and it like ties in perfect because you just said like allow yourself to have that moment, but and will it affect you in five years? But no feeling lasts forever. So the anger and the sadness, I think those are all things that are necessary helpful part of the human experience even if we don't see them to be I feel that because in a way if you think about any time that you've you know been been hurt what is it all what has always been the result like you've always grown as a person Mm -hmm. every single time I don't care like what it is (laughs) it like either shifted a mindset um, I evolved in some sort of way and it like just helped me to look at the world differently, whether that was to have more compassion for people or to have more compassion for myself, whatever it is, um, pain and, and things that you go through, trials and challenges always help you to be, you know, come a better person and grow. So if you look at it that way, that this is not forever, it's like a wave, essentially, it's coming and then it's going to go. Um mm-hmm. You know, you'll it'll you'll allow yourself to sit with it for as long as you need to, and then you can move on. Yeah, and I think where people get caught up at, and I don't really have a real answer for y'all to be honest, but <laughs> I feel like where people, including myself, sometimes get caught up at is how long is long enough to for my moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think I don't have when I say I don't have a real answer, I don't have like a a number for y'all. Like, I don't have this prescribed thing for y'all. But for me, it's like, I don't know. It depends on the situation. It depends on the severity. It depends. It just depends. So I think when you get to a point where you're like, okay, why am I still mad? And you're trying to figure out why you still feel this way. You probably, are, it's just too long. Like you're probably <laughs> overstaying in your moment when you start forgetting why you feel this way or questioning why you feel this way. Or you notice it's a bunch of effort to continue to feel this way. Like it's not even natural anymore. You're just trying to force yourself to stay in this moment. Um, I think for me, those are all indicators of, okay, I'm overstaying my time in this phase of life, of being upset, of of mourning. Now I'm just kind of forcing it. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Talking about forcing it, like, (laughs) that leads to another good point, Des. Like, and I know, like, I have done this so much in the past that it's why I couldn't get over stuff. Like, again, I was 
things under the rug and I thought I was over it, but I really wasn't. And it's because I would continue, I would tell the story over and over and over. A friend mm-hmm. pissed me off. I was betrayed in an intimate, you know, relationship, whatever the case may be. I felt like I had to tell everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your circle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, not everybody like that, but yeah, I felt like everyone needed to know. And I think if you're doing that, I think it's okay to, you know, express this with people who truly, you know, want to be there to support you and people who are going to help you through this. Um, But I would say, like, retelling the story over and over and over only keeps you stuck, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it keeps you, too, in a state of, like, victimhood. So, like, constantly telling the story every day, like, that's just going to continue the cycle. And like you said, it's going to stop, like, the healing process. Like, you're going to be caught up in that pissed off moment or that sad moment because you're consistently telling the story. And so I think a good approach or a good way to think about that is, like, the only way out of a situation or out of, a you know, a hurtful moment is through it, which means you have to keep moving forward. So I would recommend like telling a story only to feel loved and supported not to hurt like who the other person or bad mouth whoever did you wrong or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be but then also don't just tell everyone because some people just nosy like and then mm-hmm. they're gonna go tell your business to everybody <laughs> like they don't care about you they don't care about you know how you doing they just want to know your right. business yep they just a sponge to soak up information if you squeeze it hard enough all the information will come right out oh god that was such a good analogy yep and I've uh, messed that up in the past before, too. So stop telling the story, guys. I don't know if you have anything yeah. to add to this, but I had to say that one. I agree. Um, I struggled with this before, too, because I have a circle. And I think for, for me, it's like I have a circle of really, 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 really close nut, close-knit um, mm-hmm. people. And when something happens to me like those close-knit people are like family and it's like y'all be like oh what's been going on and when I give y'all those updates from my life I'm used to giving them to all of y'all you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and but then at a certain point it's like damn I don't want to tell this story anymore not because Chelsea shouldn't hear it but because it's not helping my process anymore at this point it's more so for Chelsea to update Chelsea but Chelsea don't care. It's not going to hurt her if she doesn't know. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, maybe you don't have to tell this story anymore. Like, maybe mm-hmm. if somebody asks you, hey, what happened with that? You can go, oh, you know, I'm good. I got through it. You know, don't even want to talk about it anymore. Like, I'm, I'm beyond it. Like, yep. and that's cool. That's cool for you to shut it down because your friends who respect your process and respect your healing understand to not keep poking a bear when you shut that shit down. So do it respectfully but um you don't have to yeah like you might have a, a circle of four friends after you ter- told the first two maybe you don't need to tell it anymore and that's okay so definitely um don't feel obligated to update the masses um about everything people should respect your boundaries um and then i feel like also like out of sight things that are out of sight are usually out of mind and it's like it's never going to be out of sight if it's always top of mind And Mm -hmm. so you're feeding it all of this energy constantly. It's never going to go away. You can't trying to be trying to get over a breakup and you're 
always still talking about, I remember when me and so-and-so used to go here, or I remember when so-and-so, like, you're never going to get over it. Or Mm -hmm. if you are trying to get past, like, you know, betrayal at work, like your boss betrayed you or something like that. And now you're carrying it to every job, like not trusting all of your bosses, like, and now you're hurting those new relationships and you're projecting. So um, definitely stop telling the story, stop carrying stuff on. Um, I honestly think like when I think about people who, you know, just feel the need to keep telling the story over and over. First of all, it's an indicator for everybody else. I feel that this person's not over it. Mm-hmm. Like clearly it's an indicator of that, um, but it's a good way to, for you to also see like, where are you in your process? Because at some point you should be able to think or refer to, you know, bad situations or situations that angered or wronged you and not still have those initial feelings. Mm-hmm. Like I should be able to talk about somebody who, you know, betrayed me in sixth grade like, and not be mad right now. Cause I let that go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Grade. Like, My like for real, people really still be mad. Like for real, for real. And it's like, are you over that? Like, I don't know. Cause you still feel the exact same way as if it happened yesterday. So if y'all realize that if somebody asks you about that old person you used to kick it with or post on Instagram or that old job or the old boss, and then you just feel all those old emotions come back up initially, you are not over it. <laughs> and you should reevaluate your healing process because you're not over it. So, yeah. Um, mm. And then the last thing was a technique that I'll share that I've done before so that I could try to really move forward from the situation. Um, and Chelsea, I think you called it something similar before, but um, write your feelings down. Like if there's something where you're like, I really just want to tell this person, I want to call them up, I want to say this, that, and the third, or I just have all these feelings, like you're harboring all this anger, write mm-hmm. it down, get it out. Even if you, like if you write it, like you're writing it to them, but you're never going to send it or show it to them. Or if you just write it to, you know, whoever, just put it on paper, get it all out, get your thoughts out, and then throw it away. Burn it, yep. whatever you want to do with it. Mm-hmm. So that has honestly worked for me in the past when I was carrying some heavy stuff, and I just wrote about it. I just kind of journaled, and I wrote about it, I wrote about it, and I wrote about it, and I got it out, and I no longer felt like I had to say those things anymore. Like I didn't have a point to prove. I just need to really get my point, get my feelings out. So that's a technique that I've used in the past, too, to help try to move forward. I like that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that one. I think um, it's also important, and this is not on our notes, but it's just you made me think about it. I think it's important, too, because I know you talked about, like, coworkers. I just want to know your thoughts on this, and I, I'm sure you have, you know, similar thoughts. But, you know, it's really easy to – I talked about, like, victimhood and stay in that, you know, mindset – What's really hard to do and really challenging and really the, in my opinion, um, this is where empathy comes into play is like understanding that people are doing their best from the level of consciousness that they are at. That's a whole word. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying what people, you know, if people betray you and do things wrong, that those things are right. They are not. But you also have to consider that people, where people are mentally, what they're battling with spiritually, you know, internally, you don't know. Only they know. And so 
I do think it's important to, um, you know, of course, still be upset and like have boundaries. And if you have to walk away from those relationships, like still do those things. But I think it's important to also understand that people can only meet you at a level of consciousness that they've met themselves. Oh, there you go. Drop the mic. Boop. But not for real. No, seriously, though. But that's the same same token, though. That don't mean, like, dim your light for somebody else. Right. Or come down to their level. Mm -hmm. You just have to understand Mm -hmm. exactly what Chelsea said, like, where they're at. And then make your decision, like, do I stay or do I go? Like, do I put up with this still or do I not? Knowing where they're at. Right. And I think that, too, does that really helps you not to, like, uh, blame yourself for things. Mm Because if you understand, like... Well, firstly, I think we talked about this last on um, one episode, I don't know, but we talked about the four agreements. And in the four agreements, it says don't take things personal. And that was like one of the biggest lessons of my entire life, because it can almost be applied to anything. If a stranger mm-hmm. like says some bullshit to you that you don't know, like that's not on you. That's them and what they're dealing with. Similar to this, if someone mm-hmm. does something to you that is hurtful, that's not a reflection of you and who you are as a person so that there's no need for you to like blame yourself or second guess yourself or ask questions about what did I do that's a Mm -hmm. moment for you to reflect and understand and have empathy that that person is battling something on their own that has nothing to do with you so Mm -hmm. I think that's important too because when people do things to you I personally have always said like what what's wrong with me like what did I do like, you know, mm-hmm. what did I do to deserve this? I always blame, always in the past, blamed myself for things. Right. But, uh, which I feel like is people's, like, as our nature is like our go to to blame ourselves and look at ourselves like, damn, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do. Um, unless you're one of those people who think you just don't do anything. Yep. Um, no self awareness. <laughs> most, <laughs> m- right. Most normal, I, I know people like you that. You know, people with normal levels of, of EQ and, um, they do that they try to they try to blame themselves um because that's what we do we're like damn what did i do like it must be me and it's like you can't keep blaming yourself for everything um and and sometimes the problem is not even you like really like but high key i feel like our nature a lot of times try to blame somebody else depending on the situation Mm. um so sometimes guilt can get the best of us that we blame ourselves sometimes people sense of self is a little bit less mature so they blame Mm -hmm. everybody else first so it just depends um but either way like you have to let shit go you can't keep blaming yourself you can't keep reliving a moment and oh my gosh what if like what if i wouldn't have did this or what if i could have changed this or what if like you can't the thing is you have to accept reality like what a coulda shoulda none of that is gonna change today Mm-hmm. And so you have to genuinely just accept reality and then determine how you're going to move forward. Like you can't, you can't live in the future if you keep living in the past. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, yeah, just let stuff go, learn to let things go. And I think that some people struggle with um, forgiveness because they feel like it's a sign of weakness. 
Mm. Like, I can't forgive that person for this because now I look weak. Yeah. I can't, you know, and it's going to sound funny, but I'm not trying to be funny. I can't go buy Gucci anymore because I thought they were racist. I'm going to look weak as fuck if I go buy Gucci. I can't go to Starbucks anymore because I'm going to look trash. I can't still work at this job because, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you feel like there's a certain perception. Yeah, like, if I go second. do this. For real. Are you talking about me because I don't support Starbucks anymore? No, I don't support Starbucks either. <laughs> I'm just going to be real. I'm going to keep or, it a thousand. Or Chick-fil-A. Right. I would keep it a thousand. <laughs> so I'm just giving examples because. I was like, wait a minute. But you know, like some people's, some people's reasons aren't legitimate, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, okay. oh, I can't, I can't, you know still rock with this person or this place or this thing because of somebody else's perception mm -hmm. and it's like okay screw everybody else forgiveness is not even about that forgiveness is where you are in your journey and you know trying to determine how you are going to be as a person so um yeah like some of y'all just gotta let stuff go and who cares how other people think about it like the whole like a prime example the jeezy and gucci verses some people oh, were Lord. so sad mm -hmm. that they ended that verses and they kind of you know was like damn we call we gonna low-key try to squash the beef there was people on twitter that i saw because you know i was on twitter heavy um there was people on Twitter that were big mad about, man, that's whack. These niggas, they going to end it uh, performing so icy together. Like, I was so oh, happy man, to see that. Up. Yeah, I was happy Me to see Me too. I was so happy. But it's like, that's what I'm talking about. People's perception of being forgiving or moving forward or being the bigger person is sometimes perceived as that person's weak. I don't think... I mean, last time I checked, Jeezy ain't no weak nigga. So I'm just trying to figure out weak where. So I saw mm -hmm. it more as growth than anything. Like, I really respected how Jeezy carried himself on that stage. I did too, but to be fair, he had to be the bigger person. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, if I put a hit out for somebody. He had no choice, wouldn't bro. Really, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't really I mean, expect them to want to come say sorry to me. I couldn't expect anything less of him. <laughs> like, Yeah, but he didn't have to do it, though. He didn't. Especially the way Gucci was acting, which was real childish. I like both of them, but Gucci was childish. Ah, he didn't have to. He could have been like, fuck him. Like, mm, we mean, here. I'm not getting paid to forgive you or apologize or squash beef with you. I'm getting paid to perform with you. Yeah. That's it. True. I personally think that some of the things that Gucci said were a little bit in ill taste. However, I don't think overall they hadn't seen each other in like 20 years. And Correction, Gucci corrected him and said 15. Okay, well, 15. Mm -hmm. 15. Um, <laughs> and so that was, that was probably his first time seeing him, communicating with him. He probably had never got mm -hmm. to release his feeling of anger. Like, you sent somebody to kill me. I mean, like, I don't really think we understand how big that is. Like, somebody used this like to kill me, like, to, right. so I could die. Like, you wanted me 
you hated me so much you wanted me dead so for right. me I can understand his perspective a little bit more um just because mm-hmm. we don't know he probably never had a, a moment to really like vent and that was probably his first time seeing him and it was just probably a lot of emotions that flooded him at that time and so I'm sure I don't think I'm it was sure. childish per se I just think that was just human emotion and he was just like you know, that he was just saying how he then felt. he was very emotional the entire verse. He was. And I probably would have been, too, if someone tried to kill me. You, not I somebody, don't think I would have showed up, to be my, Not somebody, you know, sleep with my baby mama. <laughs> not somebody, right. like, you know, uh, taking one of my artists off my label. No. Right. You said somebody in like my taking house. Taking me off the planet. To kill right. me. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. So I can't even tell him how to feel. I'm like, exactly. I don't really have anybody trying to kill me. Exactly, so, bro. That's I don't know how to feel. <laughs> but I am happy that they came to some resolve. Like, even if it's like, all right, cool, we're not gonna try to kill each other. Like, we okay. Like, you stay on your side, I stay on my side. But we we mm-hmm. good. Like, it's okay. I appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't expect anything more of them. I wouldn't expect them to be friends or do another record together, but seeing them perform together, they both seemed genuinely happy, which is great. Um, performing mm-hmm. that song. And they both made a lot of money. So I ain't no sense of, you know, you know, yeah. But yes. Sorry that I veered off a little bit, but yes. No, we definitely was talking about the verses for a minute. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> so the next one. <laughs> The next one, um, find a way. Dez, wait, really quick. Dez, I'm so sorry. Really quick. Mm-hmm. Who won, Jeezy or Gucci? Jeezy. I think I'm biased just because I only knew like three Jeezy songs. Girl, Jeezy, I saw somebody put it perfectly. Somebody said, Jeezy's a street nigga, Gucci's a hood nigga. And if you don't get that, that's okay. I get that. And there's a lot of people who don't understand that they are two different types of men mm-hmm. with two different types of Okay, can, can you break like, that down for everyone? Street nigga versus hood nigga, just for the audience, just for our, um, <laughs> like, you know, for our pleasure. <laughs> right, on the episode of Forgiveness. Yep. Because um, <laughs> I don't know the difference. I'm trying to see. So we talk about <laughs> forgiveness and the Jeezy and Gucci verses and, and the street nigga verses. Precisely. Like, go so, ahead and let us know really quickly what this difference is. Yes. So for me, I feel like street niggas are more mature in their way of thinking, the way they carry themselves. They were bosses. They carry themselves like bosses. Like another example of somebody who I would say like that's a more of a street nigga than just a hood nigga is Rick Ross. Like they talk about mm-hmm. real shit, real things that they experience, especially Jeezy. Jeezy is like, I did that shit. Like I lived and he says in his song, I lived it. Y'all just rap it. I lived it. So for me, that's that's Jeezy. Street nigga, Jeezy. And street niggas don't they they recognize the street as like I started from this, but I'm not still in it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I started here, now I'm out. And Gucci, love Gucci too. Gucci a hood nigga. Gucci's like, hey, he's the nigga in the club that's holding up the money phone. 
like the stack of money to his face and flexing and just you saw how he carried himself on the stage and although the shots he took were valid and little <laughs> hints at stuff that he did like the whole thing about the jewelry and the cost of his outfit and stuff like that but he a hood nigga like you could take him out the hood you're not gonna take the hood out of gucci like you could take that man anywhere stacy abrams got on the thing what did gucci say can you you can wipe my record clean like gucci a hood nigga <laughs> like he's a hood nigga oh, wow. and it's like a lot of times you look at he'll be like he i'm not no better like he a hood nigga like that's who he is so mm. it's just a different for me it's like a different level of growth and maturity and mindset there are different with their mindset and a lot of people were saying that oh well Jeezy like he kept sunning Gucci like he kept making that nigga look like his son that's because the way Jeezy carried himself he a street nigga Gucci's a hood nigga their mindset is totally different hmm I can agree but disagree because some of the things you said about a street nigga like they evolve I do feel like Gucci has evolved into a businessman like he has successful books where he's talking about like empowering and evolving as a person um in his whole lifestyle just from like a mental standpoint health wise I do feel like he has evolved so I think I understand what you're saying but I do have to like disagree a little bit because yes he's a hood nigga but he's also about his business and even though Sorry, guys. Um, he's all he's about his business. But even though um, he was talking about jewelry and stuff, like he's successful. He has like successful businesses. I'm sure he owns like yeah. hella real estate. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that nigga be fresh. Yeah. And I know that's materialistic, but that nigga be fresh. Exactly. I just thought I had no, to say that. Saying. I just thought, no, I'm not that's- saying that as a part of my argument. I'm just saying that just because. Not, not. I'm saying <laughs> you proving my point though. All the the Gucci come up is really a lot of materialistic stuff because he's a hood nigga. Not saying he hasn't matured. He has matured. He just matured at a different uh, the level of a hood nigga. Like he just is has his mindset where those material things will define him a lot more than they should. Mm. Because he's a hood nigga. It's like he's the type of nigga that you, he get rich and the first thing he buy is a bunch of jewelry, versus the first thing Jeezy might go buy is a bunch of real estate. Not, not, not think so though. Nigga. Not when he first got on. That man was buying. Girl, did you see old school Jeezy when he first got on? No, I'm just saying. Are you just I'm giving just an example? Versus hood nigga. Exactly. The mindset of somebody, you hand them a bunch of money and they go buy the, the latest car versus try to flip their money and buy the latest business venture. Hood mm-hmm. nigga versus street nigga. Okay. Well, all right. Back thank to forgiveness. Thank you for... <laughs> all right, yeah. That, that's our TED Talk Which about... Is on the next episode hood nigga versus hood street niggas versus street niggas. Yeah, that was, that was great. All right. I'm sorry. Sorry. I just had to know the difference. That was you, that was great. Yeah, okay. anytime. <laughs> we'll just have to continue the trend, like, in the mind of a hood versus street <laughs> Well, all right. Um, that is so funny. Um, how are we going to describe this episode? Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> back to forgiveness. So what helps with forgiveness? Um, for me, as far as like trying to find ways of gratitude, for me, that means looking at situations and kind of flipping them on their head instead of looking at them and going, oh, why did this happen to me? 
why what am I supposed to learn from mm-hmm. this situation? Everything is not, oh my God, why did this happen to me? Like why me? Like that mentality, you will never grow with that mentality. Like you will never even mature enough to forgive with that mentality all the time. Like I'm a firm believer that the experiences that we do experience are there to help you grow as a person, not just to like, I don't feel like things are just randomly happening to you for no reason. Things happen to you to help you grow, to help you along your journey. So when something happens to me, um, especially something that I don't understand or something that frustrates me or that I feel like, damn, like really like initial reaction is why did this happen to me? And then I sit for a minute and I'm like, okay, this happened for a reason. What am I supposed to learn from this situation? And I'm a firm believer that if you don't learn from situations, they're going to keep happening to you. So um, that expedites the process for me as far as trying to think about what I'm supposed to learn so that I don't run into the situation again. Like, I don't want to keep making the same mistakes over and over and over and over. Um, So yeah, start looking at stuff as like, what can I learn from this? Like, what should I have learned from this? If you're, if you find out like, man, my, this is not my life at all. But if you, <laughs> if your life goes this way and you find out, man, my best friend betrayed me and they, you know, started dragging my name through the mud behind my back. Damn, that does suck. Sit in it, deal with it, accept it, figure out how you're going to move forward and then do that. Move forward. What's the lesson you're supposed to learn from that? Is it stop being so trusting? Is it, you know what I'm saying? Stop telling everybody your business to drag you. So figure out what the lesson is. Yeah, no, and to your point, What's the lesson and then what opportunity has this situation created for you? Like a lot of things, you know, um, it seems like it's negative in that moment, but I'll just go back to the trifling ass best friend example. Um, Maybe you've always known that this person was toxic for you, but you were Mm -hmm. afraid to walk away. So did this situation create freedom from something did this situation did it create freedom from this job that you hate did it create freedom from this person that's toxic in your life and it does nothing but bring you down like you have mm-hmm. to think about it from their perspective too what type of freedom did you attain um when this situation happened so a lot of people don't think about it from that way too but yeah you can be gracious mm-hmm. like if it's a trifling ass best friend you got your time back sis like you ain't got to worry about nobody telling your business. If it's a job, you have time to focus on yourself, a business if you choose to start one, if you want to go to school, like whatever that looks like for you, it always frees up something for you um, mm-hmm. if you think about it that way. So, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I know you know about this. Um, of course, I'm not going to say names, but if y'all know me, y'all know exactly the situation. So I had a situation um, that happened to me a long time ago. Um, with someone who was very close to me. And I found out through the most interesting of ways, they sent the wrong text to me. It wasn't supposed to go to me, but it went to me. And the text was about me. And it was, so the person that was really close to me is the one who sent me the text by accident. I read the text and it was of them talking shit. And immediately that person called me and was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Can we talk? And it wasn't even like a whole, like hold the grudge type of reaction from me. It was more of a, I'm good. Like, I think I, I think I heard everything you had to say. Mm -hmm. You said it in the text, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. in that moment, it was like, 
this is a prime example for me of where my moment to, you know, quote unquote, grieve, mourn, be upset. It was short as hell. I'm telling you, like my my journey from the awareness of the situation to accepting to being upset and X, Y, Z was so quick. Because for me, I didn't need anything else. Mm-hmm. That text, you put a lot of thought into it. It was a long text. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So everything that you had to say was clearly in the text. So for me, that that was enough. Mm-hmm. And granted, I let the person end up saying what they wanted to say because I don't want to just, you know, I want to I want to hear your side of the story. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's going to change anything. Right. But I'm going to at least hear your side of the story. But I, I quickly made my mind up that no matter how long this person has been in my life or what value they brought to my life or what great memories we have, everybody is not meant to go into every season of your life. And so for me, it was like, forget being comfortable, forget just, you know, being scared of moving on. I made the decision for myself to quickly forgive you and realize that my forgiveness does not have to include you continuing to be my life. Mm -hmm. I forgave and I left you where you had me fucked up at. (laughs) And I kept it moving. (laughs) Like period i'm not upset i'm not mad i'm not <laughs> posting subliminals on instagram and none Whoa. of that i'm we we cool if i see you i'm not ain't no beef ain't no friendship either you know what i'm saying like yeah it is what it is right like i'm a you 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 and i'm me like that's it like we just two people who used to know each other at this point yeah so for me, it's important to understand <laughs> that you can't tell me what my forgiveness looks like. Like, period. Like, I forgive you. I'm not holding no grudge. I'm not going to turn my nose up at you. But mm-hmm. you're not going to be invited to the wedding, invited to the birthday parties, invited to, you know, whatever. Like, you're not going to be somebody I hit up to kick in. I'm not about to check up on you. Like, and you shouldn't feel obligated to check up on people that wronged you. Like, your forgiveness can genuinely look like leaving people where they had you fucked up at. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You don't have to keep carrying that weight. So anyway, I don't even know how I got on a tangent, but I wanted to share an example <laughs> of I had to forgive somebody and it was really hard because that person was really close to me and it definitely caught me off guard. And of course it was really hurtful to like figure out or find out really um, that somebody that you considered really close to you was really what it came down to was they were jealous when they told me this they were like jealous of me and they which led them to talk shit about me to some of one of their friends and I was like wow that's some crazy mess um and of course they tried to apologize and all of that and try to get me to understand well you know you you have this and you've done this and I'm like but as someone who's close to me they're supposed to celebrate that with you but Anyway, um, definitely a lesson there that I wanted to share. Like, you don't have to sit in it. You don't have to hold a grudge. You don't have to turn your nose up every time you see that person. You can keep it moving. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. And as that actually leads to the next point perfectly, like, you don't have to be a (laughs) – Oh, I was about to say a real big cuss word. I'm going to say that. Basically, let's class this up a little bit because I don't want to be – you know, I'm always kind of potty mouth. At the end of the day (laughs) – it doesn't matter 
you know, if you've been cruelly betrayed like Dez and her trash-ass friends, or if false allegations mm-hmm. were made against you, or if somebody just did you wrong. I think what, at the end of the day, it matters. And what will, like, speak louder than anything you could ever say out of pain and hurt is how you carry yourself through the situation. And that just leads mm-hmm. to, like, no matter what's happened, like, being true to who you are and living up to your own standards. So not allowing how people treat you or how they talk about you or the things that they do behind your back to make you stoop to a level that's beneath you or to in order to meet them where they are currently. Like, keep it classy, for lack of a, a better phrase. Keep it classy. Mm-hmm. Um, honor yourself, who you stand for, who you are truly, you know, in your own, what the fuck am I saying? Honor yourself. Mm-hmm. Be true to your okay. character. <laughs> Don't allow people that do you wrong to make you step outside of who you truly are. That's what I'm saying. Oh, pause. Yes. Like, do not let somebody take you out your character, sis, bro, whoever, whatever you identify as. Don't let them take you out your character. Period. Continue, Chels. Yeah, I mean, that's really all I was going to say, guys. Like, and then, too, like, if you have, like, little friends that want to gossip about shit, don't, and, you know, and want to talk shit about the people. Like, try not to engage, bro. That ain't got shit to do with you. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to get into that because honestly, too, that's a part that, that, is going to just bring you back into it. Like you could be like he like he really in your healing and you good and then you sit down with your friends and they want to bring that shit up and then you start gossiping with them and then you back in it. You back feeling and feeling exactly. again. You no, if that's not your character, that's not where you at. Be like, "Hey, I hey, I appreciate you guys like thinking about me, but I don't want to talk about it." Okay? Thanks. Exactly. Be intentional. Set your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't want to talk about shit, that's okay. You don't got to talk about everything. Like you're not the only thing going on in the world. Talk about some other shit. Exactly. Period. Like if y'all respect me, help me with my healing process and don't talk about the situation anymore. And if you've talked And I feel like if people don't respect that, I'm going to distance myself. I was just about to say and if you've made that apparent and you said that before, you may need to be looking at the people around you cuz they may want to you know, do more harm than good. If they're consistently talking about mm-hmm. shit that you don't want to talk about, why are you bringing this up? Right. And I've had friends like that too right. in the past. I've had friends that aren't self-aware. I've had friends that mm-hmm. bring up shit that I don't want to talk about and keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're not friends no more. Period. Next. And I think I'm on sorry. the flip side too, Chelsea, like you have to know, like you have to be self-aware. Like you have to peep game. If I ask Chelsea, ooh, Chelsea, what happened with so-and-so? And Chelsea go, uh, none, you know, I got taken care of. And that's all she say. She's shutting, she's shutting it down. Mm-hmm. Shut it down with her. Okay, well, let me just, okay, she don't want to talk about it. Don't be that person. It's like, girl, no. Okay, tell me. She don't want to tell you. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be that person who don't get the cues. <laughs> get the cues. Get the cues. So, yeah, there's respect people's process respect their healing let them work through it don't be that person who just keeps bringing it up if they're not bringing it up if they're not bringing their problems up don't bring their problems up ain't nobody paying you to dig their problems up mm-hmm. so learn learn your lane and, you know, and stay in it yeah that's that's great that's great yes guys do us the honor of the last one i have a really great quote to end us with so i'm really excited but i want you to start us off I could just hear the excitement. It's like boiling over. Like, it's just like, oh, I can't wait. (laughs) So good. I love it. Okay. 
um forgive period like this is important for you and not them it, okay so it might be important for them but that don't matter mm-hmm. what really matters is that you forgive for yourself right so it's like go to therapy for yourself not because somebody told you to do it so forgive for your own growth for your internal growth do it for you um mm-hmm. and like i just said forgiveness doesn't have to look any certain type of way if you want to forgive from a distance and you fall all the way back and you just kind of fall off the face of the earth to that person, that's fine. That's how you decide to handle it. If you have a conversation and y'all close out and y'all hug, that's also cool. Mm-hmm. And if you decide not to fuck with that person anymore after y'all close out and y'all hug, that is that's also cool fine. Too, so yeah. definitely realize that forgiving somebody is reflective of who you are and where you are in your process and it's really for you um and then I think right before I let Chelsea say her quote because I know she's boiling over right now (laughs) um I I feel like some people struggle with forgiveness because they're like oh my gosh well am I gonna still be considered loyal if I don't forgive this person and I don't you know I don't accept that behavior anymore Yes, loyalty does not mean accepting badass behavior and badass treatment and allowing somebody to continuously do you wrong and cut up. No, that is not what loyalty looks like. And if somebody has made you believe that, man, you don't really rock with me because you, you know, you gonna leave me like everybody else do. Mm-mm. Manipulation. Take that somewhere else. Manipulation. Exactly. Please, please identify it and stop it in its tracks because that's manipulation, just like Chell says. So. Yeah, like, don't sit there and just stay somewhere because you're comfortable or that's what you know or you're scared to leave or you're scared what other people might think. Nope. Do things for you. Do what's best for you. Figure out what's best for you and make that move. Absolutely. I don't have a ton. Yeah, yours was great. I don't have a ton. (laughs) The only thing I would say is a, a way that you can think about this, which would be great, is that this is not the quote either. But think about forgiveness. It's not like <laughs> approval. And this is exactly what you said, but I'm just adding a little twist. It's not an approval mm-hmm. of like past wrongdoings. Instead, you should look at it as a, as a gift to free yourself from a prison of holding on to grudges and stories that no longer serve you. And we have the quote. I'm going to leave you guys with this. Remember this. It is by Alan Cohen. He says, You have the power to take someone's happiness by refusing to forgive. That someone is you. (laughs) Ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to have to give you that. That was good. That was was really good. Yeah, guys. Because it's yours. It's your happiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so forgive yourself, forgive others, and, uh, you know, take the time that you need and just continue to grow. And that's a wrap. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and follow us on our Instagram and Twitter. And we'll see you guys on the next episode.